0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, everybody. Ellie here, bringing you my weekly audio version of my note to the cafe community. Thanks for checking it out. Thanks for subscribing. And thanks for sending in all of your thoughts, comments, and questions to letters at cafe.com. Representative Benny Thompson, chair of the House Select Committee on January 6th, is not playing around, and we are now on the brink of an epic internecine congressional brawl. The gavel had barely come down on a wrenching day of testimony by United States Capitol Police officers who lived through the terror of January 6th when Thompson made a point to declare publicly that he'll be looking at what happened inside the Capitol that day, sure, but he won't stop there. Thompson made clear the committee also intends to look about 1.7 miles up Pennsylvania Avenue to the White House. Thompson said, anybody who had a conversation with the White House and officials in the White House while the invasion of the Capitol was going on is directly in the investigative sites of the committee. Even more pointedly, Republican committee member Liz Cheney vowed to explore, quote, what happened every minute of that day in the White House, every phone call, every conversation, every meeting leading up to, during, and after the attack. Importantly, Thompson also seems intent on not wasting time with polite letters, hereby formally requesting the attendance of the key witnesses or drawn-out negotiations. Rather, he declared bluntly, I have no reluctance whatsoever in issuing subpoenas for information and that nothing is off limits in this investigation. So who might wind up on this illustrious guest list? Well, start at the top, the former president, Donald Trump. It sounds dramatic, and it is, but who better to explain what exactly was happening inside the White House as insurrectionists pillaged the Capitol than the then president himself? But there's a political and practical reality here. Will the committee want any part of the massive spectacle, circus, some might fairly call it, that would accompany a Trump subpoena? Is there any realistic probability of Trump complying or offering up anything close to the truth to make his testimony worthwhile? And does Thompson want any part of what's sure to be a protracted to-the-death legal battle if Trump resists? More on this to come. But the big names on the subpoena target list still run deep, even beyond Trump himself. Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, his son-in-law, or senior advisor, Jared Kushner, and his daughter, ahem, also senior advisor, Ivanka Trump, we're all in contact with Trump during key moments of January 6th. They all need to testify under oath and soon. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy had a crucial conversation with Trump as the insurrection unfolded. McCarthy reportedly begged Trump to call off his people. Interesting how McCarthy quickly recognized who the mob would take orders from. And Trump snapped back at McCarthy in response that the rioters seemed to care more about the election than he did. McCarthy claimed back in May that he would testify about his phone call in Congress if called. We shall see if he's good for his word. I'm betting against it. And I'll throw down a couple extra bucks on this as his bogus excuse. I would testify, but just not in this unfair partisan witch hunt. Congressman Jim Jordan reluctantly admitted after some dodgy non-answers that yes, he too spoke with Trump on January 6th. Pray tell, what about, coach? And Congressman Mo Brooks recently revealed that he chose to wear body armor to the January 6th rally, where he implored the crowd to kick ass and take names. Now, Brooks, who was shot at during a 2017 congressional softball practice, explained that since then he does wear body armor at certain events. He should have no problem then complying with his subpoena and discussing exactly why he chose to wear his bulletproof gear to the January 6th rally. If, and let's be realistic, when some or all of these people resist or defy their subpoenas, the committee will have two primary options at its disposal. We're not going to spend any more time than this parenthetical on Congress's inherent enforcement power. That historical curiosity has sat dormant for nearly 90 years, and there's simply no way the House Sergeant-at-Arms will be cuffing and locking up, say, Kevin McCarthy in some long-lost Capitol antechamber. Back to reality. First the House can vote to hold any subpoena defiers in contempt of Congress. This has happened from time to time over the past decade, including contempt citations issued to two recent attorneys general, Bill Barr in 2019 and Eric Holder in 2012, who refused to comply with congressional subpoenas. Other notable congressional contemptees include Commerce Secretary Wilbert Ross in 2019, White House Counsel Harriet Myers and Chief of Staff Joshua Bolton in 2008, an EPA administrator and Gorsuch mother of the current US Supreme Court justice in 1982. The practical effect of these contempt citations however has been close to nil. The government's equivalent of the dreaded letter to the permanent file that high school guidance counselors used to threaten, tisk tisk shame shame moving along. Congressional contempt actually need not be so toothless. In fact, Congress typically has referred its contempt cases to the Justice Department for potential prosecution for contempt of Congress, a misdemeanor punishable by a max of one year in prison. Theoretically, DOJ could bring such charges, but practically it just hasn't, owing perhaps in large part to the fact that two recent contemptees, Barr and Holder, both were in charge of DOJ itself. Our current AG Merrick Garland could consider criminal charges if a matter lands before him. But given Garland's characteristic reticence to take actions that might cause political turbulence, I'm not holding my breath waiting for him to take a big swing at a powerful subpoena to fire. And that brings us to the final option for Congress, enforcement through the federal courts. The good news is the courts absolutely can order a witness to testify in compliance with a subpoena, And continued refusal by that witness can result in criminal contempt of court charges, which generally have more teeth than the contempt of Congress charges discussed above. And DOJ gave the committee a boost when it declared recently that it would not assert executive privilege to contest or block testimony from executive branch officials about January 6th. Garland has shown a bit more willingness to rock the boat recently. But the problem is simply time. Even if the committee's subpoenas are well-founded, And even if the recipients hold a losing legal hand, they still can follow the old Trump-era model of hiding behind any old legal opposition and then twiddling their thumbs while the clock ticks away. For example, both John Bolton and Don McGahn passively resisted their subpoenas by sitting back, letting Trump's lawyers raise flimsy objections and claiming they were just awaiting instruction from the courts as months and years and eventually public focus slipped away. If this does come down to litigation, Both the committee and the courts simply must do better and move faster. House Judiciary Chair Jerry Nadler waited four months, four months to go to court to enforce his subpoenas. And then the courts took over two years batting around the McGann case like a cat with a ball of yarn. Both of those delays are easily correctable. Thompson can get into court quicker than Nadler by, well, just going to court quicker. Thompson's rhetoric seems to indicate that he does understand the need for speed here. And the courts simply must prioritize. Yes, our federal courts are overburdened and have large pre-existing dockets, but how about our courts adopt this simple rule? If a new case comes in that implicates fundamental balance of powers, slide that one to the top of the pile. For all the legal issues presented here, the pivot point will be this. How quickly and how hard will Thompson and Cheney and the committee fight? And how far are Trump, McCarthy, and their allies willing to go to resist? We are about to see a monumental struggle on Capitol Hill. Much will turn on the law, but even more will come down to sheer political will. Stay safe and stay informed, everybody.